Usually I save this. Now, when Rowdy came back uh, on vacation, I played it for him. When I come back on vacation, I played it for myself. Uh, but it feels so right. Because something is back, and you can feel it in the air. That would be one Green Bay Packers. God's gift to football. The true America's team. Nay, the world's team. Oh, nay, nay, Rowdy. Actually, the universe's team. Training camp underway. Feels good. The green and gold marching out on the field. So many comments and emails from Mike Clements. It's back, baby. It's back, Rowdy. The emails are definitely back. You know it's football season when you uh, wake up the next morning and you see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I got 11 emails from one Mike Clements. Who covers the Packers for us in the Bill Michaels Network? Did you get Did you get that many emails too? From I'd us? have to go count. <laughs> do you get Do you have notifications on your phone? For that? I have everything on. Oof. See me. I like to uh, separate work and personal life. I do not turn notifications on for my work email. It is a beautiful thing. I've never done it, and I will never do it. I woke up this morning to eleven emails from Mike Clemens. I have 12 Ooh. because one was with uh, lucky you <laughs> other other people to add or drop off of that email list. Oh, we're back, baby. Packers are back in the saddle again. We have so many comments to get to from what Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, now even Mason Crosby I got from Michael and then Jair Alexander. And what I wanted to start with is someone I wish that was back, but looking like it's uh, looking to be pretty tough here is David Bakhtiari. The uh, Packers' all-pro offensive tackle is year and a half removed from tearing his ACL. And, Rowdy, it is not sounding good. Yeah, I saw some of the clips and heard some of the comments from him yesterday on the interview. Yeah. I don't know. Some of those responses, they didn't win me over and make me very confident no. that he's going to be out there and be David Bakhtiari, one of the top five no. left tackles in football. Oh, and speaking of this, I want to give a shout out to big John Ye Midwest, who would just hit me up. Not only are the Packers back, but Blue of Earth, Rowdy, that's her Instagram handle, her name Blue. Blue of Earth's aura has now turned from blue to green and gold. Blue of green and gold. It is a, oh, it's vibrating, Rowdy. You can feel it. The planets have aligned with Rogers and Blue of Earth. Uh, I hope she can use her chakra witchcraft magic on David Bakhtiari's knee. That'd be nice. So from the extreme negative of hearing Bakhtiari talk about his injury to the extreme positive, saw a lot of love for the young wide receivers in day one of uh, training camp. I know, except for one Christian Watson, who apparently uh, was shown on the sideline with a knee brace on. Apparently he hurt his knee in OTAs and had a minor he had minor surgery on his knee is from what I was reading. Do you hear who else had minor surgery? Mason Crosby. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? What is happening? Yeah, Mason Crosby acknowledged that he had a minor uh, scope on his knee two I weeks saw, ago. I saw, I saw somebody say, don't know how much confidence I have uh, going forward with Mason Crosby after coming off of arguably his second worst career season at the age of 38 and then having surgery on his leg. <laughs> what is going on with the knees? It, remember Rowdy years ago, it was the hamstrings. It was like uh, Clay Matthews would rip his hamstring and then you'd like insert th- five other people would like hurt their hamstring uh, for the pack. And now for some reason, it's like the knee epidemic. You got David Bakhtiari who is now I'll, I'll get the comments coming up from David Bakhtiari because he sounds pretty dejected, uh, not putting a timetable on his return. He does say he's optimistic, but then he also says it's a nightmare that he's living and he hopes to wake up one day. Yeah. I, that's I one like, of the what? comments that I saw and I go, Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> doesn't sound good at all. So we'll get to those comments momentarily, but yeah, Mason Crosby underwent a minor scope on his knee. Then you had uh, Christian Watson, who the Packers uh, haven't really disclosed much, but I saw in between the 11 or 12 emails from Mike Clemens, uh, I saw him also when he's not have his fingers going on Gmail, he's on Facebook, and he said in the comment section, because someone asked him on his post about Christian Watson, and he said that Watson had a knee brace on and had minor surgery on his knee, but he'll be ready to go soon. But when did the Packers ever, what do you believe them when they say they're ready to go? The, well, the only thing that I know is if you're getting a, a, your knee scoped, most of the time, that's a good thing. Most of the time, yeah. that's not a very that's not a major surgery, and it's going to actually help you. 
So hopefully that really is what Crosby or maybe what Watson had because then they'll be back shortly. Yeah, on the Sammy uh, Watkins was also, he's on uh, some injury, the designation, but no one really knows what that is. Uh, Gutekunst, Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, talking about how they're not going to be interested in adding any more wide receivers. I don't don't think I know, dude. Well, there's a lot of guys that they had on the PUP list and, you know, some of those injury designations that don't sound too major. It, it just more or less sounds like yeah. Brian Gutekunst and the Packers want to bring in a few extra bodies for a few days and get a few more looks of uh, some players. But I think I saw a tweet where it was like, remember you were listing all of the veterans that were on the pup list yeah. to start. Yeah. I saw Dean Lowry and Patrick Taylor were already, um, ready to come off the pup list here in like the next day or two. They're like, come on, let's go, baby, let's go. So uh, I just, right away, I wanted to get to the comments of David Bakhtiari. Let's just, I'm not going to pull a Bill Michaels and play the whole thing, Rowdy. I'm going to, we're going to play a little bit, react, play a little bit, react. Here you go. Take a listen, baby. What happened and uh, what's your concern? Um, Talked to Goody. Obviously, I had surgery in the offseason. Cleaned it up. Concern level, low. Really like where I'm at. Especially. I'm going to pause right there quick. Remember what he says here. Concern level is low. Really likes where he's at. He also says he's optimistic. But wait for his, what he says. Yeah, but here. also what did he say? He goes, I had another surgery to clean it up. Yeah. That's now at least two surgeries. It's three. No, no, two to clean it up. Oh, yeah. that's And then three total with the ACL. The, yeah, the third one would be the the first one was his original ACL surgery. But then remember when he kind of like Zedarius Smith, how we talked about yesterday. Yeah. He's talking about how he's going to come back. Then all of a sudden it was pushed back mm-hmm. because of a cleaned up. He needed to get his knee cleaned out. And now another one after the season. And oh, by the way, he only played about one half of football once he first got his knee cleaned up and pushed him back. Mm-hmm. So out forever with the original ACL had a cleanup, which kicked him back another few weeks. Played one half of football. The and Lions, then it, right? Then did not play the rest of the season due to fluid on the knee. Then had his knee cleaned out again and has not played since. Yeah. So keep in mind, he <laughs> says he likes where he's at. He's optimistic. But then he says another comment. And you're like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Compared to where I was just overall last year. Uh, I think he kind of hit it on the head. No expectations. Taking it every day at a time. Like where I'm at. Appreciate it. And, uh, to play again. When did it? When did it? Uh, when did you have to have it done? Was it before the offseason program in the interim here before camp started? After? Yeah, it was like right, right about when we started up again. When you started up in, uh, uh, for OTAs, yeah. Okay. What happened after the Detroit game? He had mentioned that it didn't feel right the way that it responded to you getting in that game. What exactly was the issue there? Uh, we all wanted to see where it was at, and when I went out there. I mean, I wouldn't say we were in the best situation to begin with, and then it was depending on how I was going to respond. Obviously, didn't respond in the right direction, uh, which was a huge bummer for me, uh, not being able to play in the playoff game. But uh, something unfortunate, and that's that's where that was. I'm positive there before he gets into it. Why, if they weren't in a good spot to begin with before the Lions game, then I mean, obviously, this is Captain Hindsight here. Then why'd they do it? Yeah, that was like some of them, how they, and you know, they kind of hyped up Zadarius Smith and uh-huh. David Bakhtiari and some of these guys would be returning from injury. I mean, Zadarius Smith was Mr. Instagram oh. almost for the majority of the season about how he was coming back. Hey, Bakhtiari is picking that up now. And what did he do? He had like that first snap of the game where he played really well, Zadarius Smith, that is, yeah. and then only played like 10 snaps after that or something relatively close. And then David Bakhtiari who was activated, played the one half against the Lions, and then didn't even play in the playoff game. Yeah, I almost feel like they wasted roster spots. Totally. Well, here's more from Bakhtiari. The, the comment that you got to be keen on is coming up. Well, in, in the, the thing that also kind of concerns me with the, that last comment from Bakhtiari, how about when she asked him what exactly did happen? He didn't really have a good answer. No. Like, he, he paused for a, a while and then said... Well, and then still didn't even give like a, cause like if it's your knee and you're well, like, oh, I'm having fluid on the knee or I have something wrong with it. You clearly know what you're talking like. You know what I mean? I could explain it to you. He's right going to address that coming up. I know, but he was like, um, 
No, it wasn't in the, right. In the in this in this little presser, yes, he kind of alludes to what you just said, Rowdy, about his answer. Like he'll he'll tell you a little bit why. So just, is it just frustrating that you're still dealing with this? Obviously, everybody heals differently. It's not your fault. You're working hard, but is it frustrating? Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's my nightmare that I have to live. I don't know how many days it's been, but. I'm just excited to wake up one day. All right, the, the, the question, the other answer, Rowdy, is coming up, but that comment right there is the one I told people to take a listen to. It's a nightmare that I have to live, and one day I hope to wake up. Yeah, that's one of the clips what? that I saw on Twitter last night. Poor when guy. I saw that on Twitter, I was like, that does not sound Poor good. Poor guy. Especially when we continue to talk about how this happened the last day of 2020. Yeah. I'm going to play it one more time. So obviously, everybody heals differently. It's not your fault. You're working hard. But is it frustrating? Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's my nightmare that I have to live. I don't know how many days it's been, but I'm just excited to wake up one day. That's awful. You said the other day, is there any sort of timeline or just not being yourself? No, nah, I mean, uh, I've already been briefed by everyone. Uh, <laughs> tell me what, I need, what, uh, what y'all are going to say. I know everyone loves timelines. So right there, Rowdy, is what he's saying. He's like, we've already been briefed on the questions of what you guys are going to say, a.k.a. Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur have told us not to tell you guys anything. That's why the answer you're talking about, we had to think about it for a while, and he's like, well, I don't really have an answer. It's because the Packers media and coach and GM say, whatever you say, say nothing. When I'm ready, I'll be out there. And uh, what I can say is I do feel really good. I really like, I feel normal. My knee feels normal, and that's the biggest plus now it's just getting that normal feeling again when I play football so that's with the load the stress the strength but uh, we're not really in an ACL issue that's been actually a long time ago and we put that uh, that chapter to bed it's just there's other issues that we're navigating around things I'm learning and it's been uh, like I said it's just been my, it's been my nightmare so, Jesus. Well, he first off, he says, my knee feels normal. Yeah. Okay. All right. Except for when I play football, my knee doesn't feel normal. And then it's a nightmare. Have you ever torn anything like in your lower body or like your knee or I've never torn a ligament, no. So I tore my meniscus in my knee senior year of high school, Mm. and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, but wrestled the rest of the season on it. Didn't get it looked at, Ebo, until my... The summer after my sophomore year of college, because I was playing intramural yeah, sports, you gotta, and all you don't want to be hung up. All of a sudden, like we're playing like intramural basketball, and I'm like, I can't even get up and down the court. Something is definitely not right. Yeah. As it continued to get worse and worse, turns out torn meniscus and had some other stuff that needed to get cleaned out. But and Rowdy, the, how, how how heavy were you then? Like 160, 70 pounds, 160 pounds? When I got my knee fixed, like 160. Yeah. David Bakhtiari is a 310 pounds. No, but what I'm getting at is I could tell right away when I did it, it wasn't right. And then it continued to get worse and worse until I'm like, okay, I need to get this checked out. Mm -hmm. But then I had surgery on it, got it fixed. And then the next year of college when we're playing intramurals, I felt normal, Ebo. I felt normal when I played sports. Now, Clearly, a meniscus is different than an ACL. True. But when he says, I feel normal, but not when I play football, from my experience with tearing things in your knee, you feel no- I felt normal yeah. playing and walking. That's why they do the surgery, right? <laughs> yeah. They say, they say when you get an ACL surgery, all right, so my wife, for example, she tore ACL. Uh, I mean, I'm not comparing her to David Bakhtiari. I would hope not. That'd be a really not my type of woman to marry. But Rowdy... Both they, have long brown hair. That's, that's true. <laughs> Just one has facial hair, the other doesn't. But Rowdy, and one's, you know, hot, and the other one's 310 pounds in a man. Rowdy, but they say when you bring back the, the, the surgery for the ACL, it's, it's stronger. Like, it's, it's stronger than before. Like, look at, like, an Adrian Peterson. He can, I know that's a little different because he's a freak of nature. But David Bakhtiari is saying, well, it's not an ACL thing anymore. It's something else. Well, what the hell is it then? Uh, it's not good, whatever it is. Uh, a little more from Bakhtiari before we uh, hit break here. No, it's something I have to live with. David, you know what those issues are? about the good days? You know, knowing that... Tom Oates wanted a question there. What are those issues? You can't push yourself to a certain point that maybe you want to push yourself to progress. You ever driven a, a sports car before? No. Okay. Well, imagine driving a sports car and keeping it in the first gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bakhtiari... As this conversation goes on, he's just a little more. He's getting a little more sassy, and I, I don't blame him. But he's getting a little more sassy, a little bit rowdy. It's my nightmare. I hope one day to wake up. Wow. I just when he says I feel normal walking and moving around and whatever, but not playing football. 
Red that flag, red scares flag. the hell out of me. Red flag. It feels normal now. Did at any point after the ACL surgery, did it also feel normal? No. This is uh, the first I mean, time like you felt that since I thought the original injury. This like there's an idea of what I was fully expecting what new normal would okay. be, yeah. and I was like, okay, this is. I mean, it's not. I talked to numerous people that have gone through this uh, before, and you know, Brian, someone I leaned on heavily. I'm like, what's the new normal? What's it like? And I thought, okay, this is just what I'm how what I'm supposed to feel and how it's supposed to react. And now I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, okay, there is back to how it used to feel. So that's. That's that's the most promising thing. And that's where you are now, just to be clear. You're yeah, right I, I, where you I, felt before the I, I would say I really enjoy how my knee functions, operates, and moves. Except for football. It's not like a. a I would say how I was dealing with it uh, last year. It just. It's hard to describe. I think only people who've gone through it maybe will have an idea, especially when it's not um, cooperating with you. It just didn't. It there was just stuff. It almost felt like blockage. It just was weird. It was really weird. Wow. I am not feeling. I, I, listen, I feel bad for David Bakhtiari, the person, but for the state of the Green Bay Packers, not feeling good about that offensive line rowdy when it comes to his return to protect Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but that's the thing. Don't feel good about his return, but still feel good about the offensive line. Which is crazy to say, yeah, especially because David Bakhtiari, when healthy, is a top five left tackle in the game. But I think you just have to give the credit to Brian Gutekunst and the guys themselves that he has acquired, drafted, uh, signed, whatever, because they've been that good. I mean, look at look at how well that they have been as an offensive line under Brian Gutekunst since he became the GM there and made some moves. Like remember signing Ricky Wagner, signing Billy Turner, like some of his, the first few moves that he made years ago. Yeah. All of those guys have played really well. And weirdly enough, the Green Bay Packers have had really good lines and have been really deep at offensive line under Brian Gutekunst his entire tenure as GM. Yeah. And the fact that they were as good as an offensive line last season without David Bakhtiari, without Elton Jenkins. Good point. Those are two guys that are pro bowlers. Great point. Like the fact that they're still that good. And then they drafted three more this year and pretty much everybody likes or everybody's high on all three of them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's pretty good job and pretty good work by the GM. It is. We have a couple of comments coming in here. The King says, sue for malpractice. <laughs> and then our guy, uh, BJ Ashleman. Uh, hey, Brad, were you at, by the way, Brad, were you at um, Badger Tavern the other day? Because another one of our listeners, Burnsy, Burnsy, said that he ran into someone uh, at Badger Tavern and we're talking about um, the show and how great you guys are of uh, contributors to the show. But BJ Ashleman, Brad says, who botched his surgery? Maybe we need some new doctors in Green Bay. That's what's the thing that uh, makes the most head-scratching to me about this, Rowdy, is in those comments we were just playing for Bakhtiari, he had said that, uh, that he wasn't in a good spot before the Lions game, but they still put him in anyways. Don't we know that Dr. McKenzie, the Packers' main doctor, is like, and I'm not talking politics here, but is one of the most, if not the most conservative doctor in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. But so the Packers have their doctor, but also, isn't there, like, big-time doctors that also players go to? Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers seek multiple. Yeah, like. I mean, I'm sure they seek a lot of there's different There's multiple opinions. bigger name doctors that other that players will see and go to to have procedures. But obviously, yeah, they do have their own team doctors. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he'd have the final say. I don't know who he would have seen. Yeah. I feel like McKenzie would have had the final say because he's, you know, the team doctor. But. I guess if they thought he was good to go, he was good to go. And There's good times, and there's bad times. The good times, Packers are back. The bad times, David Bakhtiari. The even better times, we get to be joined by Rob Reichel. Robbie, good morning. In the days of my youth, I was told what it means to be a man, right, Evo? Robbie, you my, are my, like his man. <sighs> my, my, youth, my youth is long gone, Evo, but... Um, you know, we, we, we soldier on trying to cover this football team. Robbie, in the pantheon of all that is man, uh, in the inner circle, I would put myself, Rowdy, you, and one Aaron Rodgers with how he came in looking like Cameron Poe from Con Air. Oh, my God. Uh, you Even you, Robbie, had to have loved it. Come on. You may want to uh, you may want to reevaluate your Mount Rushmore there, Evo. <laughs> my, manly, my manliest of man, Mount Rushmore? 
I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you who Brett Favre showed up as every summer. Brett frickin' Favre, Evo. Well, Brett, bro, Brett Lorenzo Favre, as he once looked like for a little bit, he's like, he's like, he is above the pantheon. He looked like Zeus for a while. He's like the god of man, Rob. You are right. He, he is above every pantheon. That, 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 that's a very fair point. I'll, I'll give Aaron credit for this, Evo. He's very good at changing the narrative of stories. Instead of showing up and having everybody talk about, you know, the fourth lowest scoring playoff game in team history, which, which is 61 playoff mm. games that the Green Bay Packers have played since first reaching the playoffs. Uh, Evo, and they had the fourth lowest uh, scoring output last year in that 13-10 loss to San Francisco. He's very good at changing the narrative, and everybody yesterday wanted to talk Con Air for a while. Mm, great movie. Have you seen it? Rowdy has it. I highly recommend it. Have you seen it? I have seen it. And, and, and it Snubbed it's so of an bad. Oscar. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those that's so bad that it's good, Evo. Snubbed of an Oscar in 1997, <laughs> Rob. Snubbed. There you go, buddy. Snubbed. All right, Rob. <laughs> we'll get into Aaron Rodgers and some wide receivers coming up, not how he was dressed as Cameron Poe. But the elephant in the room, the 310, 350-pound elephant, uh, this elephant might have a bum knee or does have a bum knee. What the hell is going on with David Bakhtiari, Robbie, and how concerned should we be? Oh, you should be very concerned. I mean, he was even pressed on it yesterday, Evo, and, you know, and I give Bakhtiari credit for, for talking. He hadn't talked about this really since, since the injury took place and everybody else has had to answer questions for him from the head coach to the general manager with teammates and, and things like that. But, you know, he, he, he finally addressed the, the, the media on this topic yesterday, Evo, and, and, and it, it, he was very good and a, a lot of ground was covered. But I, to me, the most telling, the most interesting thing, when, when he was pressed and asked two or three different times in different ways, do you think you will ever play football again? His answer was, I'm not a fortune teller. Oh, and, 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 and that and that does and that and that does not breed, I think, a great deal of confidence through Packer Nation. Now, I, again, Evo, I mean, I I certainly expect that you'll see this guy back on the field at some point in time. I think he was probably trying to do his best not to pin himself into any kind of corner or anything like that with timelines. Well, Rob, does and the media and, does does GM Brian Gutekunst or Matt Lafleur, the public relations people, tell these players don't say anything really? No, you know, for, for, it, it, that's a great question, Evo. Um, you know, it, it, it really depends, I think, on the guy, and, and the landscape has changed so much. And then that would be you and I could do a whole show on that, how, how social media and, and having their own brand has really changed, how so many of these guys function and, and things like that. I, Bakhtiari was really uh, forthcoming and open and, and, and honest with a lot of stuff yesterday, um, you know, just, you know, expressing, you know, he's living his worst nightmare and he, and he can't wait to wake up and, and things like that and taking people through the details and, and even going into some stuff, how he's, you know, how he had his, his third procedure, his third surgery uh, this off season, which gives him, th- you know, three, three knee operations now, Evo in 19 months. But, uh, you know, I, I, I to, to specifically back to your question, you know, I, I think that depends on the guy. Bakhtiari himself was, was really open and honest. Rogers is usually very open and honest. You remember last year at this time, how hard he went after Gutekunst and, and things like that. Some guys just don't say anything because it, it, it's their nature, but, but Bakhtiari has always been, you know, uh, you know, pretty forthcoming with, with, with stuff. And, um, and, and he was again yesterday, Evo, but, but again, I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, he, he talked optimistically and, and hopeful long-term and, and things to that effect. And, you know, he, he said the knee itself is, 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 is feeling pretty good. It's not even an ACL issue anymore. Some of the other stuff that he's, you know, he didn't, he didn't get into specifics, whether we're talking MCL or, you know, uh, cartilage issues or uh, meniscus or, or whatever it is that, that he's dealing with now. But, but clearly Evo, this is, you know, a, a Packer Nation doesn't care exactly what's going on inside that knee. They they just want to see sixty nine back on the field, and 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 the way it's trending now, Ebo. I you know, I, I God, if I if I had to bet a buck one way or the other, I, I I certainly don't think you see him at the start of the year. Man, I think I'd be yeah. willing to weigh a lot more than a buck on uh, him not being there at the beginning of the year. I'm with you, Nelly. Yep, <sighs> yep. It it, it it it. I mean, it, it doesn't look good. The, 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 the good thing for Green Bay and, you know, El- Elton Jenkins, I think you'll see probably even sooner than Bakhtiari. And, and you, you guys know he, he injured his last year in, in week eight. Um, so he, you know, his injury came about 10 months after when Bakhtiari's came. But, I, you know, I, I think you'll see him somewhere in the first quarter or third of the season. And, and they continue to draft three offensive linemen a year, three straight years, 19, 20, and 21. They've gone 3-3-3 three, three, three on the offensive line there. And, and they've really jacked up and loaded up that position. So that they do have some options. 
Um, you know, they, they do have some players. They're going to be young guys. I think they'll start a rookie, maybe even two of them, when it's all said and done on that offensive line. But but they do have bodies and and they and they they, they do have guys. I think they're going to be more than more than serviceable starters when it's all said and done. The problem is early in the year these guys are going to kind of be you know learning on the fly, as are the wide receivers, as are the tight ends, and you know that that first quarter or half of the season for Green Bay guys could be tough. Yeah, Robbie, we were talking about this earlier this morning, and I that was one of the things that I said. I think you have to give Brian Gutekunst and his staff a ton of credit for the offensive line that they've acquired here. I mean, when you have a top five left tackle that hasn't been able to play football since basically the last day of 2020, and you have another all pro in Elton Jenkins who, I mean, he's, in my opinion, I think Elton Jenkins might be the best overall lineman they have, even with a healthy Bakhtiari, who I just said was a top five left tackle in football. Like those two guys most likely won't be there to start the season. And we've seen both of them out all last season. And yet the offensive line was pretty good. And then they added three guys that a lot of people like in the draft. And on top of it, Nelly, now, now remember, you know, Billy Turner leaves in free agency, Lucas Patrick leaves in free agency and Dennis Kelly leaves in free agency. Those were three starters in that, in that playoff divisional loss to San Francisco, uh, you know, back in, back in late January. So not only the two guys that, that are probably going to start the year on pup, um, or that are out at least right now, but they, they, they took three more hits in, in free agency. And, and, and honestly, guys, I, I think they're going to be okay up front to, to, to start the season. It, it's not going to be a world beating lion. I mean, if, if you've got a healthy Bakhtiari and you've got a healthy Elton Jenkins right now, guys, and, and, and the rest of the cast of characters that, that they have then fighting for the other three spots, you're probably talking about one of the top three lines in, in the national football league. I think they'll be somewhere between let's call it 12 and 15 with the guys they'll put on the field to, to start the year, um, which again, when you lose two all pros and, and you're still that good up front, I, you know, again, I, I, I will give credit to Brian Gutekunst on that one for continuing to restock and, and replenish that position, which, which he's done now three straight drafts. And, and, and they need it guys, because again, they, I, they saw the writing on the wall that they were going to lose some people in free agency. You could never predict these injuries to the Bakhtiari and, and Jenkins. Um, and, and how devastating that's been to the line. But, but they've done a really nice job, I think, of, of kind of reloading that group. And, 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 and they're going to have some really fun positional battles, guys, here through, through training camp. I, I, I'd say maybe two maximum of three of those spots are, are kind of set as, as we go forward right now, anticipating, you know, Novak Diari and, and Noel and Jenkins. Um, and how those other spots kind of play out is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The man's so nice, he gets to the segment twice. Rob Reichel again, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie, let's pick up right where we left off. The offensive line is uh, Rowdy made a really good point earlier today, as he always does. Uh, Rowdy, what was that? I mean, besides Elton Jenkins, what this line? Look how good they've been without David Bakhtiari last year, the depth of it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, buddy. There you go. Yeah, and you could have easily thought that, you know, maybe this line would take a step back once they lost a few guys two years ago. But it's like they continue to find guys, whether that be drafted or signing kind of these free agent vets that have kind of been there, done that. But maybe they have a little bit of tread left on the tires. Gutekunst has done a great job with the offensive line just in general since he's got there. Yeah, and really, for the most part, hasn't invested, you know, crazy, crazy high picks in it uh, either, guys. If, if, I mean, here's what they lined up with yesterday, left to right. They, they lined up with Josh Neishman at, at left tackle, you know, undrafted guy who, who got, you know, who, uh, who played about 600 snaps last year and, and, and did a really nice job for him. Um, if, if he's your starting left tackle, you probably want to replace him. But in, in a pinch for a month, for two months, you can, you know, you will get by and, and they'll try to get by, I would assume, with him until Jenkins is is back on the field, and then and then we'll see with with, with Bakhtiari. Runyon, a sixth round pick, Nelly, right? And Josh Myers was a second. He, he's the highest offensive lineman. He was at center yesterday, and and he'll stay there. He's got a spot locked up. I would say Runyon's got a spot locked up, guys, at, at left guard. Yeah, I, I would lean toward Yash starting the year at left tackle, but then then the right side is is really wide open. Jake Hansen was a guard yesterday on the on the right side. Um, and then Royce Newman moved over. Royce Newman, who started every game other than one last year at right guard, he, he switched to, 
to right tackle yesterday, guys, where, where they're obviously trying to replace Billy Turner and Dennis Kelly, who who, who both left in, in, in free agency. Now, now, the guys to really keep an eye on are, are Zach Tom, the fourth-round pick out of Wake Forest, and then and then Sean Ryan, the third-rounder out of UCLA. Both, both were left tackles in college. Tom played a little bit of center himself. Uh, but Ryan was a full-fledged left tackle at UCLA from the day he walked onto campus. Uh, started all three years, didn't miss a game. His problem, guys, Sean Ryan, that is, is he's got really short arms. He's like 32 <laughs> and a half inches. So he probably has to kick inside and play on the interior. And, and they'll give him a, a chance to do that. Um, you know, Zach Tom's a crazy good athlete, guys. He ran the 40 in, in just over 4.9 at the Combine. Uh, like I said, he he was a left tackle for the most part at Wake, played some center as well. But, again, his arms are like 33, 33 and a half. You know, and, and when you're out there on the edges, you want 35. And so we'll, we'll see if they give him a chance outside or, or it's going to be inside. But, but guys, I would certainly think one of those two rookies has a pretty good chance to to probably start at right guard. I I think at least right now Jake Hansen might be a placeholder and yeah. you know kind of like Cole Van Landen was in the offseason at right tackle I, I don't I don't think that's where they want to go in a perfect world I would think one of these rookies has a has a pretty good chance but Nelly's spot on you know even with all these injuries and even with with everything that you know all, all the hits they took in free agency on that offensive line they've still got seven or eight quality guys there right now that that, that you would feel okay starting a football game with, uh, you know, September 11th up in Minnesota. So, um, I, again, uh, they, they, that, that is one of the spots on the roster where, where they are really blessed with, with outstanding depth and, and above-average talent. It's crazy, Rob, because, like you said, still having seven or eight, and that's with all pros not being healthy. The, the craziest thing is that when you can take – in theory, what was your third left tackle on the depth chart? And he plays, and he's not only serviceable, but he's pretty good. You look at these other teams where they lose a guy or two, and we're talking about good teams that might not necessarily have the depth. Their offensive line all of a sudden becomes, you know, in shambles, and their quarterbacks run around for their like. Or even let's look at one of the teams that played in the Super Bowl, the Bengals. They didn't even have that great of an offensive line just in general. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Robbie, if you want to answer that. Yeah, Nelly, just real. I mean, real quick, look at the last two Super Bowls. I I think Patrick Mahomes was under duress 55% of the snaps uh, two years ago in the the, the 31-9 loss to to Tampa Bay. And and then last year, Joe Burrow, I think, was under duress 46% of the time. So combine the two games, we're talking about half the snaps where those quarterbacks, even though they took their team to a Super Bowl, uh, you know, the losing quarterbacks were under duress about half the time because they couldn't get guys blocked up front. And, and Green Bay has realized that they, you know, they, they invested heavily, not only in the offensive line guys, but in the defensive line this off season as well. I mean, they, they clearly took some hits in, in free agency and, and didn't bring everybody back. You, you never can, but, but flip it over even to that defensive line, Nelly, where they're going to get after some people that the Jaron, Jaron Reed signing, was very understated, but but it's going to turn out to be, uh, I I think a pretty high level signing for for Green Bay, and then they obviously put, you know, invested a first round pick in Devontae Wyatt, who they have really high hopes for. So you're, you're talking a front, you know, a front there of Clark and Reed and Wyatt and Lowry and and Slayton, where they've got better bodies and depth than they've had guys in a long long time. So Rob, let's talk about this and some rookies that maybe have shown some flash. And uh, one rookie, okay, should we be concerned? Obviously, the wide receiver room is a question for the Green Bay Packers. Should we be concerned about Christian Watson? You know, was he got a sleeve on his knee? Did he have like a, a, a little minor surgery? Like, what's going on with his knee? Do you know? Yeah, minor surgery, a scope after the last, um, you know, kind of after the offseason program ended, guys. So we're talking again. They, they did Green Bay didn't get you know specific on dates yesterday, but but it, but it clearly happened pretty quickly after. You know the off-season program came to an end, which is about June 20th. So probably sometime near the end of June, okay. he had that. And and again, <clears throat> they were very elusive on a timeline and and things like that. Just saying they're you know cautiously optimistic they'll get him back before camp is over. The problem is, guys, and and you know how important. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was not there for the overwhelming majority of the off-season uh, program. Watson is now going to miss, let's, let's even say optimistically, let's say he misses half or two-thirds of training camp. He's going to be so far behind some of these other guys when he gets back. And, 
It, it, it would be unfair to say he's going to have a lost rookie season, but he's going to have a lot of ground to make up guys just to, mm-hmm. just to get back in the mix. I mean, I, and, and you know, Rogers, it takes him a long, long time to develop any level of trust with these wide receivers in the first place. That's, that's why, you know, when Green Bay goes up to Minnesota in week one, you're still, you know, they, they've got a lot of rookies here. They've got a lot, a lot of young guys with, with real promise, but I, but I can almost guarantee you, the guys who are going to see the football in week one in Minnesota will be Lazard and Cobb and Aaron Jones, um, maybe Tunyon if he's back on the field. That's probably 50-50 at best. Hmm. Um, maybe a Jawan Winfrey, who is kind of my surprise player uh, to emerge out of that wide receiver group this camp. Uh, Ebo, um, <clears throat> you know, so maybe Sammy Watkins, if you know, if, if he finds his way back to the field and, and can impress at, at some point in time. But my point yeah, what's up is with him? He, he's going to lean heavily on veterans. Yeah, you know, I, again, nothing nothing specific that okay. we know of in terms of that injury right now, Ebo. All Gutekunst would say is he thinks it's going to be very, very so, short term, okay. which probably tells you, I, I would think, next week on, on okay. Sammy Watkins, where we're probably talking somewhere a little deeper into August on, on Christian Watson, you know, maybe, you know, maybe even two or two, a couple of preseason games in Evo. So Rob, uh, but final question before I let you go here. Um, now I know you didn't care for his portrayal of one Cameron Poe coming into training camp, but once Rogers <laughs> put on his, his, his football costume, instead of, you know, his, his Con Air costume, his football uniform, his costume, how did Aaron Rodgers look for the start of training camp with these, you know, wide receivers in question? Yeah, it looks like a, a guy who's won four MVPs, Ebo. Yeah, I mean, we 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 sit around and we and we pick up we pick apart the roster, right? And we and we say, boy, the, 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 this spot is a question mark, and that spot is a question mark, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, that that that, that that's what you do in you know in in the world's greatest sport, in 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 arguably the most passionate fan base that exists. You're you're going to decipher every spot on the roster twenty four seven, three sixty five. But at the end of the day. I mean, a great quarterback can cover for a lot of warts. I mean, I, I remember Ron Wolf back in the in the day, Ebo. I think I think the Ravens were coming to Green Bay. It was it was two thousand and one or two thousand maybe. And and Wolf said, you know, Baltimore is better. They just won a Super Bowl, Ebo. And and Wolf said Baltimore is probably better than us at fifteen or sixteen spots on the field today. And and Green Bay still won the football game. And and afterwards, Wolf said, you know why? Because we have Brett Favre and they had Elvis Gerback. And and a lot of times it, it really is that simple. And, and specifically to yesterday, Evo, I know it's just, just day one of a training camp practice in late July that no one will ever remember. But the guy the guy was unbelievable yeah. again, throwing mm. throwing deep shots to yeah. Winfrey and, and Lazard. Uh, crisp crisp with his throws underneath stuff. I mean the the, the, the guy's outstanding. I mean I, I mean we, we know he's an all timer, right? And oh the only thing holding him back from you know, top five all time is that he continues to disappoint in the playoffs. But, you know, right now he's a top 10, 12 player at that position of all time. And, and it gives Green Bay a distinct advantage in, every, you know, in, in probably 27 or 28, uh, you know, games a year versus 27 or 28 teams in the league right now, uh, straight up in a head-to-head matchup, Evo. So he, he looked like his old self. I mean, the, the guy has lost absolutely nothing. He's probably in as good a condition and shape as he's ever been in, everybody saw that, and you know, in the Con Air Cameron Poe clip that <laughs> that that he that he let out there the other day. I mean, he couldn't have pulled that off when he walked into the league in 2005. He was, you know, he he was a skinny kid back then, and and now he's, you know, now he's put together almost to the point where Clay Matthews was when you know when when he was in his heyday. So, um, you know, to, again, specifically to your question, Ebo. Um, you, you, you see why they paid the guy fifty point three million a year. When when you get a guy like that, you, you've got to pay him. Uh, but but again, the biggest question still exists and and lingers with Rogers is can you get it done in January? And 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 that's great that he's you know that that he's lights out here in July, and it's always great that he's that he's lights out in September and October. But that that's the one thing he's got to get done and prove over the next couple of years before he hangs it up, Evo, if he wants to be remembered as an all all time great. He's, he's got to win another Super Bowl, and he's got to shine again in January. Robbie, unbelievable coverage from you, Forbes.com, Conley Media here on Over the Line. We really appreciate your time, man. And I can't wait. September 11th, that's week one. Also, Rowdy's birthday. Vikings, Ooh, that's going to be I, here before you know it, Robbie. 
We got, we, we got preps in three weeks starting. We got we got college in a month. We got pro in five weeks. I mean, this it's unbelievable. It's and best time birthday. of the year. Best yep. time of the year. And, and Rowdy's birthday, right? We will we will celebrate September third when uh, when 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 Bucky kicks off their season. Oh, that's oh, hell, Rob, hell yeah! So, Robbie, I figured out that over the weekend that I have MLB Extra Innings Package. I've been watching a lot of baseball. I think I got a manager that you might like. You know, we've had such a nice half hour together. Now, are are you really going to take me down this Brewer Avenue, Nelly? I'm just going to kick it around real quick. All right, who's the manager? Don Mattingly. Old Donnie. Oh, yeah, I take him him in the blink of an eye. There you go, Rob. I, 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 I would take uh, either one of you guys to, to sit in that dugout 162 days a year. But, hey, they're I'd take red hot right now, right? They're, 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 five, they're five and one since the break. So yeah, I, rumor we, is Rowdy Telez just hit another home run. We're good. We, we, right. We, 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 won't be, we won't beat up uh, CC today. How's that sound? Hey, Rob, what do you do on your spare time is up for you. If you want to be on CC, you just get on Twitter and start rifling <laughs> tweets off in the abyss, okay? We love you, Robbie. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great weekend. See you, buddy. Well, a special occasion calls for some special music. Let me just hit play on this. I love that sound. Now I need the music, please. Crowd cheers. Music comes in. Oh, baby. We now welcome in, because football is here, baby. The one, the only. With some more Packers coverage, our guy live in Green Bay, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. You are looking live at a very messy and disorganized media office <laughs> of one Packers reporter, Mike Clemens. Good morning. We're live in Green Bay. Hey, good morning, Mike. It's good to have you in Green Bay. What an occasion as training camp is upon us. The question is, did Mike Clemens come dressed as one Cameron Poe or maybe Cyrus the Virus from Con Air? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so the thing about this guy, the thing about Aaron uh, Ebo is, you know, like... How do I explain it? I mean, you know, I, I was joking around with Bill the other day. Well, come on, don't we all remember when Bart Starr showed up as John Wayne, right? Or Howdy, or Bill Johnny him. Unitas? He would come looking like Sean Connery, you know, from a from a James Bond film. And Brett Favre, you know, who he used to come as who? Brett Favre, yeah, Brett so, Lorenzo I mean, Favre. It's it's just you know, you see this guy walk up in the wife beater, you know, white tank. T-shirt and and, and the, the way the hair is combed and everything, and then ESPN says, "Oh wait, I don't remember that movie, Con Air." And they put up Nick Cage and they're like, "Right, bingo, yeah, he's trying to look like." Well, why is he coming dressed as a movie character? And because I, you know, we talked to him about it, and here's here was his answer. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite uh, Nick Cage movies. There's a lot of great ones, though. You got to admit. The one when he's riding the motorcycle, the one when he's hanging out with uh, Sean Connery, a lot of great ones. So when, uh, you know, training camp is a serious business, when you come to camp as a favorite movie character, is that to lighten things up a little bit? And certainly it goes viral. Life is not that serious. You know, I think I think it's easy to take things a little too seriously. Um, there's a time and a place for everything, but uh, I felt like I gave an ode to one of my all-time favorite actors last year for Halloween and an ode to my possibly my all-time favorite actor day one of training camp. So I felt like I checked all the boxes. I think the movie she was referring to is Ghost Rider, which was an awful movie. And then also, Mike, it was The Rock with one Sean Connery who brought up his James Bond. Mike, are you a Nick Cage guy? Well, who, who would you rather have a beer with, Nick Cage or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, gee, if you're with Aaron Rodgers, apparently you're with a, a multitude of characters. That's, that's true. <laughs> oh, well, who would you rather pants a karma cleanse with, Aaron Rodgers or Nick Cage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, no, no I mean, Nick that one Cage, out, away from the movie set, is kind of a wild and crazy guy, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah he so, definitely is. That most, hey, he's that a one. tremendous actor. He's got some great films. What was the one movie he did called The Weatherman? 
Yeah. Or he was a guy who was a TV weatherman, but, you know, yeah. off, off the air, he kind of had a, a messed up life. And all that, that I mean, he was leaving Las Vegas is a good one. Face off of John Travolta. You got National Treasure. They're all, all kinds of good ones. Gone in 60 you know, seconds. It, it's it's the the thing is uh, is uh, you know I, I'm not I don't mean to overanalyze it's <laughs> it, it's the point is you're Aaron Rodgers I mean you're an iconic figure yourself uh, you're the two time uh, you know last two years MVP of the league and why do you treat you know July 27th as as Halloween costume day it's but as he explained hey I'm just having some fun we try to light it up. Uh, he's also extremely good in his own way, I guess, of self-promotion. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, he doesn't. Apparently, he doesn't mind the ridicule, right? You know, I mean, it, it's kind of. He certainly was never the class clown at uh, Pleasant Valley High School in Chico, California. He was the you know straight A kid, clean cut, and uh, he would have never showed up to class back then in a in a costume. I don't believe. Uh, just because I talked to his teachers, so whatever. It's just interesting. Certainly had fun. Uh, gave you know a lot of people to retweet that stuff on social media, and and on we go. Uh, so he goes out there, and he goes on the practice field, and you know the arm is just unbelievable to me. And, and I didn't get a chance. You know, it's a long training camp. You yeah. get off to the side, and you ask him about things like, so what was the trip to Switzerland and the. You know, you went to that place where they make watches, Zenith. Did you see that story that I posted I oh, about yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I saw it all right. I almost went and bought a Zenith watch, but I'm like, eh, a little too rich for my blood. Well, and you know, and the thing is, he just posts himself a picture in front of this unique multicolored building, and that's it. And it's like, okay, here's Mr. Puzzle again. Okay, now we have to figure out what this is. So the next thing, you know, I'm like, all right, this might be the trip to Switzerland he talked about about two months ago. So I start tracking down Switzerland. I start tracking down watchmakers. I found out about some company called Zenith. I find out that two years ago they hooked up with some French artist to sort of hippen up their uh, their their company mm-hmm. a little bit. And so this is a whole building they dedicated to this French artist. It's a village of buildings that have been making watches since the 1870s. And, you know, their main watch costs $35,000 per. <laughs> like I said, Mike, a little rich for my blood. You know what I'm saying? You know? Uh, but so I, I, I spent an hour and a half on a Sunday trying to figure out why Aaron is posting this thing at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and that's your answer. I'm in Switzerland. I'm at the Zenith Watch Factory. But, you know, you have to spend time. Instead of just saying, hi, everybody, I'm on vacation. This is a really interesting place, and I want to thank you. know, he just Not like A.J. Dillon, right, who well, makes yeah. tremendous contact on social media and in person, you know, and, and does Lambo leaps in the – Whatever. That's just that's what's the what's Mike, I just found if about you, Aaron Rodgers. If you are in the market at zenithwatches.com, their cheapest one I found is seven thousand dollars. And if you really want to splurge for yourself, the most expensive one I've seen is one hundred and sixty thousand. So I mean, there you go. There's, I, there's I'm a good price range if for I you. Got the seven thousand dollar one and wore probably in the <laughs> locker room. Number twelve would probably say, "Oh, you got the cheap one." Oh, huh? you got the cheap one, huh? And you're like, what? <laughs> what? Come on, man! I'm trying to. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, when you just got you know another hundred fifty million, this is what people do. They find ways to spend it, right? Because there's not enough time in life to spend it all. Yeah. So the man gets on the football field and he throws darts. He hits Jawan Winfrey, you know, down the right-hand sideline. And, I, you know, this was an I told you so moment for me because when they let MVS walk for $30 million to the Chiefs, which is way too much, uh, even though he was the fastest man on the field most Sundays, uh, I said, you look, I think they've got the same body type in Jawan Winfrey because I saw that first camp that he had, which was great. Then he had some injuries, and you know, I think they thought, hey, we can just replace that with a guy we've already got on our roster. He hit Amari uh, Rogers. Uh, Aaron was under pressure, and Amari was in the right place at the right time, a little sit route on the left-hand side, kind of a little button hook, and Rogers threw a dart through traffic, and Rogers caught it. Amari caught it. Rogers to Rogers. And then I saw Aaron you know, give him a point and a thumbs up and a wink like, Nice play. That's what I'm looking for. That play. Good job. So that gives this kid who's didn't have a very good rookie season a lot of confidence. He's on track. And then Alan Lazard made a, a play that's I think someone made a great comparison. Looked like that play that Antonio Freeman had you know 20 years ago in the rain on Monday Night Football. I mean Lazard streaking down the field 45, 50 yards downfield. Uh, uh, Adrian Amos is covering him. 
The ball kind of goes up in the air, high, rainbow, wobbly. But Alan Lazard still managed to get a hand on it, bounces off his leg, pulls it in for a 50-yard gain, you know, get some first and 10 down in the red zone. So some thrilling plays like that. And so we asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, are you showing off a little bit today? I told you, today was about showing Tom Clements that I can still play. <laughs> yeah. Okay, You might joke about it, but seriously, every single time I've hit the practice field, my entire career, I've always tried to work on one thing and have one focus, just to keep it very simple. Um, today, I wanted to be very heavy at the back of my drop, so I threw the ball on time, and I wanted to show Tom that I can still do it. Um, I really did. I love Tom. I have deep appreciation, admiration, respect uh, for what he meant to me as a young player. And now that I'm an old player and he's back in the game, you know, it's fun to fun to show him what he's been missing. Yeah, well, one of those plays today, um, you're under pressure and you find Amari on a little sit on the left-hand side. He makes a nice catch, and I think you acknowledge that. But it made me think about, you know, you've been through Greg to Jordy to Devontae, and you've got all these talent and some wide-open jobs. You're going to find your next guy, right? Maybe next two guys, maybe three. We'll see. Um, again, you know, Sammy, got to get him back in the mix, and Christian and these young kids that are coming in and playing well. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if 88's over there going, hey, uh, you know, I'm a pretty damn good football player. Don't forget about me. Um, because when he shows up and when he's healthy, he makes a lot of plays. He just he has the last couple camps and dealt with an injury a couple years ago in camp. And um, I think he definitely is going to put himself in a position to have an impact. It's just a matter of him staying healthy and, and making plays. But, you know, when he's in the first huddle and you see me throw a deep ball to him, it's great for him. It's the same message to you guys that it's sending to him, and that's that I trust you. And as you guys know, that's an important step that has to be taken in the process from quarterback to receiver. So I'm really proud of Juwan. He's, you know, always been a professional for us. Had some bad luck with injuries, and hopefully he can stay healthy and have a great camp. Man, a lot to unpack there, Mike, from, you know, the wide receivers and finding one, maybe two, maybe three. Jawan Winfrey, what is he? And also Tom Clements being the, uh, I guess, the bulletin board material for Aaron Rodgers to start training camp. Yeah, and when you talk about Tom Clements, though, you remember he's been gone since 2016. Yeah, been a while. And kind of, in a way, was a little bit run out of town. I mean, you remember that's when McCarthy said, all right, you know, I made some mistakes in that Seattle game, so I'll, I'll delegate. I'll let Tom call the plays, and uh, so that way I can manage the game better. And then Tom called the plays for about five or six games, and they had a slump uh, offensively. And so, and you know, Rogers kind of said, "Well, you know, I kind of need the plays to come in quicker." So, you know, McCarthy took back over the play calling, you know, for the remaining two years in Green Bay. So, you know, Tom went out and consulted. I think it was the Cardinals, and then he retired for a while. But whatever, you know, with Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getzey leaving for the Broncos and the Bears, uh, obviously Rogers went to Lafleur and said, "Bring back Tom Clements. This is the guy that I want, yeah. uh, and, and you know, in my corner, a guy that I can trust." And when he talked about '88, there he was talking about uh, Juwan Winfrey. So here's one story that I hope to get to, and that's to go up to Alan Lazard. Mm. You, you guys heard the clip where. You know, somebody went to Aaron Rodgers and said, so, you know, Devontae Adams is gone. Is Alan Lazard the next guy? And he goes, yeah, yeah. yeah it, Mike, you want me to play tough. it? I have it. Do you want me to play it really quick? Go ahead. Play, well, play it's it. Also, it's play first it. it's Devontae talking, and then it's Aaron Rodgers kind of vibing and riffing off what Devontae had said. Here, take a listen real quick. Passer to Derek Carr, and then, you know, just your acclamation to I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> The troll job from Aaron Rodgers is great, Mike. And, you know, it's awesome. You know, he's having some fun. That's great. That's great. But uh, the, here's the questions that I have for Alan. He talked a little bit in, you know, you, uh, between Bakhtiari's interviews and, and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, I hope to catch up with Alan because the first question is, what happened, man? You were wide open over the middle. Why did he throw to Devontae? You know, 
15 yards deeper down the field in double coverage in the clutch key play in the snow against the 49ers. Why didn't he come to you, the open man? Why didn't he see you? Why did he throw to Devontae in that play? The next question for Al Lazard is, why did you wait to June 13th just to sign your tender? I mean, yeah. what was that all about? And the next one is, all right, you know, as I know that you and Rob Breichel have talked about this, they targeted Devontae Adams 169 times last year, mm. and you'd have to take five other receivers and stack them up to match that amount of targets from last year's, you know, records from the games. I mean, that's just, that's nuts. I don't know if that's smart football or not. And the answer is, you know, hey, uh, you know, this Devontae was that much more phenomenal athlete. I don't know. One way to become a, a number one receiver as if you get the ball thrown to you 169 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and it translates to a $140 million contract with some team in the NFL. I mean, you have to wonder if some of that's going on, too. Like, hey, we're still winning and we're getting paid. You know, we're checking all the boxes. So we'll have to see if Alan Lazard and, you know, can say, yeah, maybe it'll even out this year or maybe I'll get 100 targets this year. It's a, it's a wait-and-see situation. Mike? Uh, anything, anything else you want to cover quick before we are out of here? I, it's so good to have you back on. Uh, football season means underway. Training camp's here. We're not too far away from you know week one on September 11th, Vikings, Packers. Uh, real quick before I let you go, David Bakhtiari, how concerned are we after uh, his presser yesterday saying, on one hand, he's feeling good, but no timetable, um, but on the other hand saying, it's my nightmare. I hope to wake up one day. Yeah, uh, and, you know, whereas he was far more revealing uh, in January when he they, they were going to put him on the field and he was going to play in that Lions game, and he told me, and he told us, he said, you know, I, I, I still didn't think I was ready. I was going to try and hold off and maybe come ready for the, for the playoffs. And he said that Aaron Rodgers came to him and said, man, you've got to get some snaps in in this game in Detroit to get ready for the playoffs. So Bakhtiari did play in that game. And then now you got Brian Gutekinds yesterday admitting uh, that was a setback. You know, he did not respond well. means the thing was swelling like crazy after those 27 snaps. And then they looked at it and, and you know, they rested him. Obviously, he, he was not going to be able to go in any 49ers game or anything else deeper in the season. And then they wait until May and just try and let the thing heal, and it's not getting any better. So they go in for a third operation in 19 months. So however long that prognosis is going to be, you know, our guess is as, is as good as theirs. Uh, I think it's a day-to-day thing. But I still think that they're willing to wait as another season perhaps uh, before they can get him back. In the meantime, what's interesting is that, okay, if you got to play right now and Alton Jenkins is still trying to come back from his ACL from the middle of last season, they lined up yesterday with Yash Diamond back at left tackle, John Runyon at left guard. He played very well last year. Uh, uh, Josh Meyer at center. He missed half the season last year in his rookie year. And his backup is Jake Hansen at center. That's an important match to watch who's going to earn the backup center spot. But they had Jake Hansen playing right guard. Now with Billy Taylor in Denver, they had him playing right guard with the first team. And then, uh, and then Royce Newman moves from right guard, where he started most of last year in his rookie year. He lined up yesterday with the first team at right tackle. So that's the offensive line that they're working with uh, and trying out. And then the rest of this are these, uh, these rookies. Zach Tom... Uh, one of the kids that they drafted was the fifth round or so. He was the backup left tackle. So they may still try and see, depending on how Bakhtiari is, if they still have to try and bring in, if there's a guy out there, yeah. another 30-something you know, veteran tackle to back up uh, these kids that they've got. Mike, absolutely incredible coverage, and we are just scratching the surface as training camp is day number two today. Love the stuff, Mike. We'll talk, what, next week? And as the football season progresses... Great to Sounds have you back. Good. We love you, buddy. Thank you, Ebo. Thank you, guys. See you, Mike. There he is. Mike Clemens. Follow him on Twitter, Mike Clemens NFL. Good stuff. A lot of information, Rowdy. Mike Clemens rides that highway information. I don't think he was a, I don't know if he was a fan of the movie Con Air or Aaron Rodgers dressing as Cameron Poe. I couldn't tell. Good movie. I highly recommend it, Rowdy. If you're doing, not doing anything this weekend, just kind of chilling, put on Con Air. Might be on like TBS. I or told TNT. you, I've seen it a couple times, but the few times that I've seen it on, it's like when you pick it up like 45 sure, minutes yeah. in and you're like, I can't do this. Uh, Benjamin, 
Have you seen the, the, the fantastic and Oscar snubbed movie that is Con Air? I, I highly doubt it, but... Nope. I'm sure you don't plan on it either. Nope. I know your love of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Thick sarcasm right there. If Rodgers didn't come dress as camera pole, would you be more apropos to watch it? I will never consider watching it. Any particular reason? I don't like Nick Cage. I think the biggest what? thing that we did in what? that Mike interview right there was basically, without saying it, we basically said Nick Cage is the Nickelback of acting. I agree with that, but I like Nickelback. So I don't know how you can agree with that, because I think Nickelback's pretty good, but everyone loves to hate them. But you know that they have some bangers for some songs. Rowdy. Wow. I mean, you usually make really good points sports-related-wise. I've never... And you're not, like, the biggest music guy. That could have been one of the greatest comparisons I've heard anyone ever make. Nick Cage to acting is what Nickelback is to music. Like, you know he's had some banger movies that you would watch wow. over and over again, but everyone loves the crap on him. But you know he's good. But some, Like, some people who, like, just hate Nickelback and say they hate him, you'll catch him singing Nickelback at the bar. Or if Nickelback comes on at the bar, they know the words. I got to... Sorry, sorry, Robin, White Zombie. We got to... Wow. Ben, did you take notes on what Rowdy just did? Yeah, it's pretty good. Wow. Nick well, Cage is the acting. I think it's easy to make Nickelback the... is the music. I, I think it is easy to make the comparison when I have some Nickelback guilty pleasure on my iPhone back or my iPod back in the day and watch a lot of Nick Cage movies. I think in the last two days, that comes in second for Quick Gyps. Wow. Behind Aaron Rodgers going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer comment. That was also Rodgers crushing it with his... That was funny. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Nick Cage and Nickelback, same to me. Wow. Everyone... If you love him or hate him, you're going to sing along. It's not like you, it's so-